Hey everyone, Jacques Hopkins here and welcome to another episode of the online course show. This is yet another just casual episode where I'm turning on the microphone, have a few talking points, a few stories, a few kind of lessons learned and advice for you out there as well. So that's what we're doing here today. The big thing I want to share with you today is I've kind of had the same pricing for Piano in 21 Days for, for really quite some time at this point, and we are actively testing some new pricing. And I want to share with you how we've gone about doing that test and, and the results that we've uh, that we've seen so far. And it's pretty interesting to see um, in, my, in my humble opinion. So that's kind of the plan uh, here for today. Thanks so much for being here. Let's get into it. So um, most of you know probably that we are, are it's kind of a new newer format, a different format right now, just kind of more casual episodes, not at quite as regular of a schedule here on the podcast. And the main reason for that is uh, we're doing some work on our house. We are doing some um, doing an addition basically to our house and we're not actually living at our house and um i work out of my house i have a home office there i'm in the home office right now but there's almost no electricity there's no air conditioning and it is currently august in south louisiana and well i do have a window unit over here but it's off so i could record um and it's just an interesting time for us overall just not not being able to stay at our house, uh, figuring out the best way for the kids to go to school because their school is right by the house. And when we're further away, it takes longer to get to school, get back, um, figuring out how to work. Uh, I just have a little Google Pixel book when I'm not at my office. That's my laptop of choice, which if you're not familiar with that, it just it's just Chrome. It's just Google Chrome, a browser and no other um like software or anything like that. But I do come to my home office every now and then I've got like an extension cable running back here to power up my computer and the, uh, the window unit, um, back here. And oh my gosh, it's probably a hundred degrees outside, hundred percent humidity. And so I'm like already sweating, even though the window unit has been off for what, uh, about three minutes so far. Uh, look, I'm going to turn on the window unit here. There it goes. Let's see if you can hear it. Uh, I imagine you can probably hear that. I'm just going to get a little burst of air really quickly and then turn it off. Okay, I feel a little better already. So um, that's what's going on over here. We had a bit of a snafu in our project um, that is kind of, you know, we'll, we'll look back and just laugh on it in the future. But it definitely has set our project back a little bit. And part of what we're doing right now is we are taking uh, the, kind of the, the roof off of part of the house and putting a second floor uh, for the kids to um, kind of have their own area. So it's a one-story house uh, that we have, and we are taking the roof off a part of it to just kind of, they're both going to have bedrooms up there. Both of my girls are going to have bedrooms up there, their bathrooms, and a little play area, and just kind of give them their own space. Well, what's the what's the one thing that cannot happen when you take a roof off of a house in order to do something to it? I'm, I'm no construction expert. I'm learning a lot. It's actually pretty fascinating, but um, even I know the answer to this. The one thing that cannot happen is rain, right? Rain. And that actually happens quite a bit down here where we live. And we, um, we got the rain. <laughs> we got the rain. I do have a, I do have a builder, contractor, so the, the liability is certainly not on me, and I wasn't the one you know, responsible for 
the planning of when they took the roof off and whatnot. But basically what happened is um, they took the roof off and then uh, of probably 24 hours later, um, they hadn't quite finished getting back on what needed to get back on. And just this insane storm came through. We've had a lot of rain this year and I hadn't seen anything this year like what I saw um, about a week ago. And it was just sideways rain and it was it was it was literally hailing and um there was just there was nothing we could do and i walked into my house and there was like two inches of water standing in that part of the house um so it was just crazy to see but you know at the end of the day it's probably gonna be almost better for us because that part of the house on the downstairs will get to kind of redo as well um i spent a few days after that just kind of helping my builder rip out sheetrock and and all that good stuff. Uh, I feel bad, bad for him. Um, cause like I said, the liabilities on him, but it is what it is. We're moving on. Uh, it's just kind of funny looking back. It's like, yeah, the one thing that you can't have happen in a situation like that, um, is, is what happened. And, you know, things like that can happen in our, uh, online businesses or online course businesses as well. And I did have kind of a snafu, a silly mistake that I uh, am responsible for in my business that I did last month that I'll share with you here in just a second. Uh, But before I get into that, I wanted to update you about the Piano in 21 Days YouTube channel. Hopefully a lot of you out there listening to this have a YouTube channel that you are posting content to relatively consistently. Hopefully you've gotten that message from me is that with YouTube, it's not so much about how often you truly do post new videos but like let's be consistent with that even if that's once a month or two times a month or you know hopefully it's it's more like uh weekly or even even more than one a week the the schedule the the timing that we've settled into here over the past few months is every two weeks on the piano and 21 days youtube channel and that's going really well we've made a decision to put out as high quality content videos as possible and we at this point in time don't feel like we can do the level of quality we want and release any more frequently than every two weeks. And so before this house project started, we recorded lots and lots of YouTube content. I try to do just like more than enough, but you know, it's, it's always good to have as much contingency in place as possible with anything. And so what I did was I filmed enough videos to go through. I think we're through the first week of October, which we're still, you know, a couple months away from that. But it does not look like we're going to be finished with our project by then. We still have months left. And my office is um, we're storing a lot of things in it. And it's um, it would not be ideal to have to record more videos in here right now. So I'm, a, I'm starting to get a little nervous about that. But just a reminder from my lesson learned here is I could have recorded even more. It wouldn't have hurt anything to have even more contingency in something as simple as just YouTube videos down the road. But YouTube overall is going well. I'm, I'm excited and proud of the, the product that we've been putting out on YouTube lately. So if you haven't checked it out and you want to see the YouTube channel for Piano in 21 Days, I think we're right at about 86,000 subscribers at this point. So counting down to get to that that uh, magical 100,000 subscriber mark. But if you wanna go check out and see the quality of videos we've been putting out lately, also the very next one coming out is gonna be one I'm especially proud of. It's very, very long for, at least for uh, what I normally put out there on 
my YouTube channel. I mean, the, the top video that I have right now is called Learn Piano in Four Minutes. It's literally four minutes long. But the one coming out um, next Tuesday, uh, August 24th, is uh, right at 50 minutes long. Five zero, 50 minutes long. And it's called Music Theory 101. Uh, and in parentheses, it says... Um, simple, no music teacher jargon, and it is just a primer in music theory in general. And I know this is not a this is not a music podcast here. This is a business podcast where we talk about the online course. But um, if you have any interest in that at all, uh, check that out um, next Tuesday. And if you want to just see how I do a like a longer form YouTube video, I mean, I, I kind of laid it out with like five parts. I kind of gave an overview at the beginning. And then we've got all the timestamps in the description. And honestly, like I've got two videos on the channel right now that have exceeded 1 million views. And this is the this is what I'm hoping is next. I really think that this one could uh, exceed that 1 million view mark. If you go to YouTube and you search music theory, the top several videos all have over a million views. And I've, I've tried to make this one even better than those and just be a really good music theory um, resource. So um, if you want to check it out, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, go there. I'd appreciate you clicking subscribe, trying to get to that 100,000 mark there. Um, but that is a place where I teach piano and not necessarily online business. And you're probably interested in more of the latter. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's talk about the business side of things. And I want to focus in a little bit on kind of my monthly relaunch process, which I've certainly shared to an extent on this podcast before. But for those of you that may not be familiar with it, basically what I do is for anybody that's like on my email list that has gone through the evergreen funnel part of my email list, meaning they're not brand new to my world anymore, you will get relaunched to, repitch the course every four months. And on my end, the way that works and, and looks like is every month I'm relaunching to one quarter of my list. And overall, it's just seemingly a better experience for my end user. And then it kind of levels out the income on my side to where we're not getting these big surges just, you know, a couple times a year and then um, not as high at other part. So uh, it keeps the, the monthly income from both Evergreen and relaunches fairly steady. So that's a, that's a very high level overview of my relaunch magic process. But you know, one other advantage of this relaunch magic process that I do is it's a great little test bed um, sandbox to just kind of test different things, different relaunch strategies, and even different pricing. And so I've been wanting to test some new pricing for a while. My pricing has been pretty stable for, for several years, the top end package being $497. I call that the ultimate package. And then the essential package is $297. The essential one is basically the course itself. And then ultimate is like the course plus a bunch of bonus courses plus the interaction, the live Q and A's and so on. Um, and so I have two different levels and the pricing that I wanted to try out is just bumping those up a little bit. Essential at $397, so up $100, and then Ultimate at $797, so that's actually up. Um, why am I struggling with math all of a sudden? That's up an additional $300. And so I figured that this monthly relaunch process would be a good place to test that because most of you know I use Active Campaign for my emails and email automation, and they have a really nice split test feature. And so I started testing this new pricing last month in july and basically i took my you know one quarter of my list that i was 
already going to be relaunching to in July and just did a split test. It was around 10,000 email addresses. And so ActiveCampaign just evenly split them to around 5,000 and 5,000 on each side. And um, the results were interesting, but I also had a major goof up in July and I just didn't do enough due diligence and quality control. And what happened is I accidentally um, set it up to where when the uh, launch starts on day one of the open cart um, the email goes out saying hey it's available but then the the email that's supposed to go out on day two actually went out on day one so on day one of the open cart people got two emails the day one email and the day two email and normally that first email on the day one of the launch is probably the biggest selling email if, if it's either the last one or the first one is really close but barely anybody bought that first day because there's probably a lot of confusion like why am I getting two emails? Most people probably didn't even see that first one because the second one came so quickly. And so it was a major goof up on my part and um, it really affected uh, revenue and sales overall. And so just a reminder to all of you to, to make sure you do that due diligence and do your quality checks and make sure everything is set up properly, whether it's you doing that or better yet, somebody else on your team um, or even just like a spouse or somebody, um, you can ask a favor to just like put another set of eyes on it to make sure that you've uh, done everything correctly. And so sales were definitely down for as far as the relaunch goes from July, because we only had 10 um, sales from the relaunch, which normal is more like 25 to even 50 or 60 um, on the relaunch. And we got 10 total sales in July. And the breakdown was we had seven sales using the new pricing, the higher pricing, and three sales using the lower pricing. But it was just really, really too much, uh, too small of a data set to really draw any conclusions from those numbers. Um, the main reason I wanted to share with you the numbers from July is to share with you that kind of problem, that that goof up that I made. Um, just if, if there's any way that it could help you, maybe maybe you're doing some sort of email automation or relaunch yourself and you're like, ah, oh, that's a good good reminder, Jacques. Let me let me double check what I did and maybe I can save you um, some some sales and some revenue based on my own personal mistake. But in August, um, we definitely fixed that mistake, even though, you know, this, these relaunches are something I've been doing for what, like four, maybe even five years now. Um, it was just a very, very silly mistake on, on my part. Hey, maybe I can just blame it on the, the instability and not actually um, living at my house and whatnot. But we fixed it in August and um, we decided to, to test again in August this, uh, the new pricing and do the split test again. And to be honest with you, August is always our lowest month uh, in terms of sales, number of sales, and in terms of total revenue. And my guess is that it's just um, kids are going back to school. I think uh, people are probably less willing to um, spend money on, on things like piano lessons and, and online courses. I think there's probably school expenses. And uh, it's just a time of year where committing to something as big as learning piano is not is not as prevalent. So I just wanted to give you some context here that that August is always the, the lowest month for piano in 21 days. And I know other online piano teachers, only music teachers, really, and and they uh, they agree with me uh, with that sentiment in their business as well. And just just so you know, January is always the, the best month, um, always. And that is because I assume just New Year's resolutions and just kind of committing to th things in the new year. And so 
um, I give you that context to show you how big of a goof up, goof up uh, July was because August we had 26 sales from the relaunch, whereas July we only had 10, even though August is supposed to be the, the lowest month overall. So you can see that that was a, a very significant goof up. Um, July 10 sales, August 26 sales. Now here's the breakdown from August for the um, old historic pricing versus this new pricing we're testing. And it's very interesting because it's split. 13 and 13. We had 26 total sales from relaunches in August and half were from the old pricing and half were from the new pricing. But honestly, that, that is exactly the result that I was hoping for. I was hoping for an even split because the new pricing is more. It's higher. It's higher pricing. And so if I can get the same exact amount of sales at a higher price, then hey, what's not to like about that? And also what I found is the more that my students pay, the more like the better results they get, the more committed they are, the more uh, skin in the game they have as well. So I really think the higher price is a win on both sides, but there is a limit to that. And I'm just kind of trying to test what that limit is right now still not a ton of data 26 total sales but 13 and 13 i do plan to run this test again in september and see how that goes but so far very encouraging once again july we had more sales from the new higher pricing seven versus three and then in august it was the same 13 versus 13. so i think if in uh, september it's uh, even again or the new pricing um, higher then then we're probably going to take that take that data away and apply it to the evergreen funnel and that will be the new kind of pricing going forward so um, I think split testing is, is a really great idea not just with pricing but you can split test uh, different landing page designs different sales pages different order forms different email copy um, I mean you can even split test things as simple as like a button color and I think ideally we would all be always like split testing one thing at a time. You never want to like do a split test among three different things or four different things, uh, multiple options. You want to test one thing at a time. That's very, very important. But test one thing, get results, apply what you've learned to your business, and then let's start testing something else. That's, that's something that I'm working on right now. And I think that split testing is very, very important. And so that's something that um, if you're not doing, consider doing it. And Active Campaign makes that pretty easy overall. So that's what I wanted to share with you all as far as the kind of data of the um, new pricing and how I'm going about testing that new pricing. And, and it's and, um, clearly you, you've heard that it's, it's actually still ongoing. And I'm hopeful about the results I'm going to continue to get. And then hopefully I can apply that to my business overall just a few more just kind of random odds and ends as we get out of here that i'd love to share with you all um is one just a reminder that having some sort of emergency fund in your business is is definitely a good thing don't spend everything that you bring in like i said january is always kind of my best month and august is always the the, the lowest month and then it kind of tapers up and down from there and so it's a it's a good idea in my business for in January and February and December and so on to like save even extra that way when the summer months come especially August like if I for some reason am running short that month I've got the savings and the emergency fund there to cover it as necessary but that's just a good principle to live by both personally and in business is to not always just spend everything that you have and that to always set some aside and so not only has this month and, and you know July and June 
been been lower months and they've been especially lower um, because last year was was COVID. And you can kind of throw everything out of the window. Not that COVID's not still around right now, but um, this the summer months last year were actually really good for my business because COVID was so new. People were still staying home. Um, there was still just that um, initial surge of just people trying new things, trying new hobbies. And my business was uh, very, very healthy back then. And so it's definitely taken a downturn, meaning I'm seeing lower revenues, uh, revenue numbers now than I have in like two years because last year was so crazy with COVID. But I'm thankful that we've, we've set some money aside. We have um, we have some extra margin um, for these lower months. But at the same time, we're also cutting certain expenses as well because revenue is lower. And I also wanted to share with you a tool that I've been using to help with cutting some of those expenses that I'm just like, I can't believe I didn't find it sooner. And I'm using this tool both personally and in business. And it's a, it's kind of an online budgeting tool that I've heard a lot about over the years. And it's got kind of a cult-like following, but I never knew why. I never knew why it was so cool until I tried it out myself. Um, some of you may have heard of it. It's called You Need a Budget, very original, but it's abbreviated YNAB, uh, Y-N-A-B for You Need a Budget. And uh, it's it's truly amazing. We've used uh, Mint, mint.com for a while for personal budgeting, um, but this just blows it out of the water. This tool is so, so cool. We started using it um, about six months ago for personal budgeting. And uh, over the past few months, I've actually been using it for budgeting in my business as well. Um, and that's something I haven't really done a great job with historically is budgeting in the business, like looking ahead, hey, you know, this new month is coming up, what do I want to spend, which is a more proactive approach than looking back, what did I spend? I'm great at looking at the reactionary stuff, but um, it takes a lot more effort and work to be proactive. And so YNAB has really helped to do that, actually setting a budget for, hey, I want to spend this much for ads. I'm going to spend this much on, um, on people, you know, employees and contractors. I'm going to spend this much on software. And um, that allows me to be, um, to kind of hold myself more accountable throughout the month it's like okay should i spend money on this well no i didn't really plan for it uh, maybe i can plan for it next month and so on and so that has really helped um in you know june july august in these lower months not having to tap into any of those reserves and just kind of planning accordingly knowing those are going to be lower months so let's spend lower as well so this has been um, this has just been a few kind of random things. Hopefully you've got some lessons learned from my experiences that can help you. A few tips here, a few tools that I'm using, and so on. Like I said, I hope that you are doing well out there. I'd welcome any feedback you have on this stuff. I'd love to hear from you on um, on you know YouTube metrics, uh, the YouTube stuff I was talking about earlier, uh, the relaunch stuff. Are you doing relaunches like I do? Like I've taught you with relaunch magic. Um, and then split testing and budgeting and emergency funds and YNAB. Join us in the conversation over at the online course community on Facebook. I look forward to interacting with you there and I will see you next time.